0: Hello, and welcome to the KE Report. Shad and Corey here today talking with Alex Scanlon, Managing Director and CEO of Barton Gold, traded on the Australian stock exchange under the ticker BGD, and on the OTCQB market under the ticker BGDFF. And Alex, it's great to get you back on the show. We talked about a month and a half back, just introducing the overall company projects team. And this one, we're going to dive into some of the exploration results you've been bringing back in. You had a couple news releases that we're going to follow up on on both the area fifty one and this newer higher grade area, the one ninety one area. And i what I want to do is just throw it over to you broadly, Alex, to just discuss what you're seeing here in this new higher grade area, this area one ninety one compared to some of the more bulk tonnage mineralization you've been seeing in area fifty one
1: yeah, well, thanks guys for having me on. it's It's really a pleasure, as always. yeah, this one is a fairly exciting outcome for us for a number of reasons. One, for those who are not familiar, we've done some diamond jewel testing of some structures and we've come up with a very interesting intersection of about 3.8 meters at 68 grams per tonne. So, obviously, a reasonably broad and and very, very high-grade intersection. And What we were trying to test there was a bit of a, a geological theory about what could be happening in this Area 191 zone. And so if we think about that zone itself, uh, one of the key things to understand about it is that uh, the Tunkilia Project's mineralization, so we have this 223 deposit, we have this Area 51 zone, as you mentioned, which we returned some drilling on last week, those all sit on the western margin of this very large shear zone. Area 191, where we had this high-grade hit, sits on the eastern margin of that shear zone, and there's different geology on that side of the system, or that side of the shear. So the kind of exciting thing for us is looking at a new gold zone here that is exhibiting consistently higher-grade mineralization that looks like a different style of system, but quite literally within the immediate project grouping and something that could You know, dramatically upgrade in time, if we can grow this and and put resources on it, dramatically upgrade the development proposition for Tonkilia, which, as you noted, is already being built out as a sort of high efficiency bulk tonnage
2: model. So we can see within figure one there, the deposit area, and look, the grade being right around one gram per ton, this 191 area, much higher grade, How do you go about testing it, I guess, differently than that more bulk tonnage deposit that you already have?
1: Yeah, I think it comes down to structural targeting. And that has been the way that we lead our exploration on the entire project. So we've used a lot of geophysics in particular around those bulk tonnage deposits to figure out where we think we're likely to, to identify and what the orientation would be of some of the geophysical and mineral signatures that we're targeting that's been very successful. So that that identified kind of the northern and southern extensions of the 223 deposit and identified the new 223 zone. It identified Area 51. And we've converted three of those into JORC resources in December and possibly on the way uh, to converting Area 51 into JORC resources around March. Now, those geophysical uh, signatures reflect the sort of the style of that type of mineralization of slightly potentially more sort of disseminated style of mineralization area 191 you know what what helped us there was the fact that we had some of these historical drill hits so we had these sort of unexplained phenomena where we had these you know four five six eight ten meter intercepts of anywhere between two and 35 grams per ton but we had no sort of geological or structural context to understand what that was. And that was just a bunch of really sporadic, disconnected, irrelevant stuff that you could never get to. So working out the geology was right uh, there was really important, hence the diamond hole. So we now go back to how do we test this? Well, we already know, broadly speaking, the horizon in which it exists. We now think we understand that there is this sort of north dipping fault, which you can see in figure three of our presentation that we think that may be a strong control on mineralization. And then around that, where we've got kind of this sort of central alteration zone that we're starting to interpret, around that is sort of in the hanging wall, which is to say, you know, on, on, on the, the side of the fault that is on the top of the fault. We think that seems to be mostly where it looks like mineralization has spread out and away from that fault and that sort of deposition model. So we'll go back, we can still go back and target very precisely now with drilling. And what we'll probably do is go back with some additional RC drilling to build out the data set and quite literally just map in three-dimensional space where we see that moving. And the obvious immediate targets for us, particularly with this, uh, this intersection of 68 grams per ton being basically right on the fault in the hanging wall, Uh, The obvious targets for us are potentially up-dip and down-dip extensions of that mineralization against that fault. And then we will keep looking to see, hey, has it broken out to the other side of the fault as well? There are some drill hits, which you can see in figure three. There are some drill hits in the footwall and move extending kind of to the south and west away from, from that fault. So there is something else going on. And it it will take some more time to work out. But I think the idea is if if we can grow this into something meaningful, it could have a very significant impact on Tonkilia, you know, right from within the project. And then whatever high-grade material we're putting on at the neighboring Tarkula project as a satellite uh, is this sort of cream on top of cream.
0: Well, I'll actually read my mind here because that's kind of what I was thinking when you were going through this is that with this higher-grade areas in this Area 191, you could... In a sense, blend some of that or with the Area 51, the 223 deposit, and also the Tarkula, all that coming together. This higher grade is going to do nothing but complement a development scenario. But the other thing that really sticks out in this image, this figure three, you mentioned that the next follow up can be along that fault, you know, up dip and down dip from it. But there also seems to be this lateral area that, you know, you're talking about the central alteration zone going out to the right of the fault there, but also it looks like to the left it could keep going. There's some other drill holes that you put in that still hit some mineralization about that same level. Could there be two different systems or two different controls here, one the fault and one some kind of a lateral uh, system where there's other mineralization that you could keep drilling over to the north side?
1: Yeah, look, and I, I think that's that's exactly right. The answer, of course, is, you know, we don't know until we know. We think in the I think it's fair to say in the body of data that we have, the preponderance of that data, the majority of that data sits in the in the hanging wall. So to the right on the image. But as you've noted, there are some very interesting intersections that are off to the left in the foot wall. And so it seems that there are multiple things happening here. And certainly, there is potential to continue extending to the left and to the right. And even if you look at the right here, our preliminary interpretation of the central alteration zone. So, you know, we're we're mapping geochemistry when we're talking about central alteration zone. But out where that looks like that tails out on the right hand side here, you know, what you can see in one of these holes that uh, the the rightmost hole, LRC 218. Is in fact, an intersection of 11 meters at 6.2 grams per ton. So, it's not to say that what we've mapped as a central alter- alteration zone is the limits of mineralization. We're talking there about sort of a geochemical, geological thing. So, really, we'll come back, look at this some more, think really hard about what we now think we can interpret around the geology, and then pick some spots where we think we might be able to fill in and then start testing extensions of this. Uh, and to your point, right? It, it, if you you make something meaningful of this, and you know, and this is purely you know, a, a working mathematical example. But if you have, you know, a large bulk open pit that's grading one gram per ton, and you have a you know a high grade pit or a high grade even selective underground or a little satellite operation that you're operating right next to it, and that's grading five grams per ton, well, if you blend those on a ratio of 9 to 1, so 10% high-grade feed, you're talking about processing uh, a 1.5-gram throughput in the mill in a bulk-efficient mill instead of a 1-gram throughput in a bulk-efficient mill. So, yeah, the benefits to being able to get this type of mineralization you know, from within the project is very attractive. And then, of course, if this is essentially uh, you know similar to some of the high-grade stuff at Tarkula, and we can start taking area 191 and mineralization and blending it into a big bulk open pit feed with a big bulk mill, uh, that is sort of, yeah, cream on cream on cream on cream, because then you're taking high grade and putting it through a very high efficiency mill, and it's even more profitable.
2: So this area 191, the structure that you seem to be hitting here seems to be pretty flat lying here. Can you talk about the depth component where you are seeing this mineralization? And when you do follow up? Is this something that you take wide step outs here early on to try to find the limits or do you gradually step out?
1: I think you're probably going to gradually step out. So I mean, go, I mean going back to sort of the, the the geological profile that you're talking about, right? What is clear is that this is not the same sort of broad bulk disseminated style of mineralization that we see on the western side of the shear zone. So if you step out too far too quickly, there's a really good chance that you are just drilling holes in outer space as opposed to, to, you know, gaining meaningful incremental information. I think what you'd be looking at here and and what we are looking at when we look at this horizon is, you know, we're seeing a lot of these intersections sitting around sort of 60 to 80 meters depth from surface in what looks to be a broadly kind of flat-lying orientation. So you know, we will need to actually continue testing that to work out exactly what are those structures. But certainly it looks like there is some kind of structure or splay fault or something where mineralization may have come up that initial fault that we've illustrated there, and then kind of spread out or found that heat and pressure release and then deposited along this structure. So I would I would imagine we'd probably be looking at stepping out you know, 50 to 100 meters at a time, but at the same time, infilling this some more to march this towards a sort of a jork analysis, as well as better modeling, which then allows us to try to grow up more aggressively.
0: Well, Alex, just to that point, I'm sure a lot of people are going to wonder, when will this show up in a jork resource estimate? You mentioned that you could be getting that in there just even in the next few months, but let's broaden the discussion to some of the infill drilling you just did at Area 51, you just put out some news on the 8th of February. And so when people think about the larger project now in this context, yes, you've got this higher grade area at Area 191, but when you look at Area 51, when you look at 223 North and all of it coming together for the whole Tunkilia project, what are the main takeaways you want people to know about the infill drilling you just did and about how these changes to the resource could be coming in the near future?
1: Yeah, look, I think what's really important for us from a technical standpoint and which becomes important for our investors from a corporate and project standpoint is just this sort of very careful rigorous systematic progress so when we bought this project in the end of 2019 or early 2020 we saw in the data the potential for one this sort of higher grade central zone in the 223 deposit that we've now confirmed but to the potential for a pretty rapid expansion of the footprint. And so what we've done during 2020, 2021, and 2022 was really focused on validating the premise of a bigger, broader footprint, and then identifying a whole bunch of new gold zones based on that premise. And then during 2023, we basically went through and rapidly converted several of those new gold zones into jork mineralization with basically infill drilling and extensional drilling. And that's how we ended up closing 2023 with about 400,000 ounces of growth here across that sort of main central body of uh, the area. Now, Area 51, the target we've just infilled and announced last week, that was another satellite zone that was identified in that initial sort of footprint growth process it is just the latest of these zones that we are now sort of pattern infilling to convert to resource and so the process that we're following there again is systematic it's the same exact thing that we've done with southern 223 the main 223 deposit and 223 north it was just sort of the youngest if you will now area 191 is the youngest so We are working to convert Area 51 into Jork, and then we will be back around into Area 191 with some additional drilling alongside our high-grade drilling at uh, Tarkula, the neighboring uh, ground just to the north. Uh, And the idea is, you know, we take Tunkilia, we've grown it from 550,000 ounces in 2020 to about 1.4 million ounces as of December last year. If we convert Area 51 into JARC resources, maybe that tips us closer to the 1.5 million ounce mark. And that's, in my mind, a really attractive figure of that 1.5 million ounces, not because it's a, a, a nice sort of round 1.5, if you will, but you know, the traditional way of thinking about a, a gold deposit has been to say, when you get it to a million ounces, you've got a project. The way that I prefer to think about things, particularly in in a world where you're looking for scale efficiencies is when you get it to something that could yield a 1 million ounce reserve, now you've really got a project. And with a bulk open pit, if you've done your jork modeling correctly, if you get to a 1.5 million ounce resource, you should be able to pretty reasonably start scoping around an indicative 1 million ounce sort of target production profile. And so we can start moving forward now thinking about that sort of initial scoping study or preliminary economic analysis, depending on which market uh, terminology you're thinking of. And then when we're adding in high grade at Area 191, when we're adding in uh, high grade at Tarkula, that just becomes, as we say, sort of additional high grade stuff that we can plug into that and sort of then systematically or progressively improve that overall development profile through a feasibility stage or feasibility analyses to arrive at essentially an optimized project which has you know if we add three or four hundred thousand ounces of high grade gold over time that is a a massive contribution to be the same economic contribution as the underlying 1.5 or two million you know lower grade ounces so that that's kind of how we look at these things in tandem you know we expect to have a jork resource out during early March for Area 51, if that does indeed convert, right, if it if the math works, uh, which, you know, we certainly uh, hope and think that it will. And then, you know, charging into uh, the balance of the year, we will be looking at very quickly mobilizing a scoping study to say, what is the baseline development picture for Tonkilia, And then we keep going ahead with all this other exploration work to see how we can augment that and then put it into a development track.
2: Alex, are there any other projects or deposits in this area around the assets that Barton Gold holds that investors can look to as a model where they have bulk open pit scenarios, but then maybe a couple high grade areas or potential deposits mixed in that either are in production, have been in production, or are moving towards production?
1: So what's interesting is, you know, when when we went into this area, we took a broad sort of regional strategic view, and we pretty much bought every significant historical exploration and production asset. So it's a region that there's a pronounced gold belt called the Central Galler Gold Province. It runs parallel to the iron oxide copper gold province. So where you have uh, BHP now owns Carapatina, Olympic Dam, and Prominent Hill. Our asset suite runs parallel to that where the same mineral basin. Goes from deep to shallow, and it goes from copper to gold. So we kind of bought all of that, and there, there, you know, the attraction to us of this was the fact that there had not been proper systematic, you know, development of the area, whether from you know a geological standpoint or from a financial standpoint. Uh, and there are no bulk open pits in this area. There's an open pit that we own at Tarkula. That's the Perseverance open pit mine. That was producing high-grade bulk mineralization at three to four grams per ton to our mill during 2017 and 2018. We are now working uh, drilling in the floor of that and along strike to put some resources on that pit. We have identified a a field of targets across the surrounding gold field, and that surrounding gold field was the uh was the site of south australia's gold rush in the late 1800s so to, th- to the extent we might think about bulk uh development it was you know hundreds of hundreds of guys digging out 600 shallow historical workings but not one big rational development further to the northwest where we have our central galler mill there is a reasonably sized open pit there uh, so that was a pit uh developed by dominion mining back in 2002 that was a five or six gram per ton open pit. So a very, very, very rich open pit that went down into what became the Challenger underground mine where it was eight to 10 grams per ton. So there are some analogs when we think about that high grade structure where it may have disseminated coming to surface, but we don't really have a pure analog right in this region, right where we are. However, you know, across the highway to the east, you have Carapitina, Olympic Dam, and Prominent Hill. So this is a major mining jurisdiction. And that that is to say nothing of, you know, the various iron ore operations that go on around us. There are bulk open pit iron ore operations uh, happening quite quite close to us. So it's an area where we've got the geology, we've got the expertise, we've got the access to infrastructure, and of course we own the only gold mill, which is uh, in and of itself a, 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 an extra sort of point of leverage when it comes to an already great infrastructure suite.
0: All right, Alex, I appreciate you breaking down some of the analogs in the area, some of the prior mining that's gone on, some of the current mining going on in both iron and with BHP nearby. We'll keep following along as this story continues to pull together and very exciting to see some of these high-grade hits in the Area 191 and review those drill results with you. If people want to follow along with the news for Barton Gold, definitely click on the link below this interview. It takes you over to the company's news section. And if you're listening to this on our podcast network and you want to see those images, we're going to post figures one and three on our website. Just go to www.kereport.com and you can see those images and follow along there visually. Alex, it was great having you on the show and looking forward to our next conversation. Well, thank you very much. It was a pleasure as always.